Welcome to the teaching of the New Pathways Part 4. My name is Pastor Gail Crock, Executive Director of Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan, and I pray that as you listen to these uh, series on the New Pathways, that they would be transformative, helpful, and inspirational. Here it is, Part 4. Pathway number nine, he carried it, so we don't have to. Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. I'm going to read only 4 through 5. I really like that. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. And we considered him punished by God, stricken and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we were healed. He bore our pain and our suffering. Let me say something with that. That is just not your sin he bore. Anything that you could ever experience in life, depression, anxiety, fear, he bore it all. He died, and he went down into hell, and he rose victorious. Isaiah 53, verse 10 says, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life as an offering for sin, he will see us suffering and prolong his days, and the Lord will prosper in, in his hand. And you know what? He makes his life. If Jesus' the soul was made an offering for sin, and that's what's important for you to know. When he died and went into hell, he carried anything you and I could ever carry. Here's the difference. He never sinned in his life. And he carried all that, and he had the authority. He went out down, and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he arose. Why? He arose victorious. So you know what? When, you, when you're carrying it, you need to realize there's somebody that's already carried it for you. All you got to do is give it over to him. He already won the victory. Here's a good thing to remember. The victory has already been won. That is the great thought. Pathway number 10 it is not enough to make right choices, but we must change the way we think and break the lies we believe. Now, I talked about that. Now, the good scripture to go with that is Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. Wow. How many people in the world today are trying to get you to conform to what they're thinking and saying? It says, no, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you can test what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I don't know if people think about this in life too much, but there are two wills you can follow. There's the perfect will of God, and there is the way that he will permit you to walk. So if you want your way long enough, even though it's not God's best, God will you to go, will allow you to go down that way. Here's why the new pathways are important. If you don't develop them down the road, you're going to have to make a choice or a number of choices. And if you don't develop the new pathways, you will make choices out of a false identity, out of an old way of thinking, and you won't break the old cycles. You'll continue down the old path, even though you might have received some healing in your soul. Does that make sense? So God wants you to know that you can have a renewed mind. God wants you to know you can live in victory, and you can have victory. Pathway number 11, being an overcomer. I love this one. Uh, Revelation 12:11 says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life even so much as to shrink from death. You know why I love that one? They overcame by the blood. You don't hear this talked about much anymore. The enemy is not afraid of me and you. He's afraid of the blood. It was because of the blood that was shed on Calvary, he is defeated. In fact, my Bible tells me that 
that Christ triumphed over Satan to the cross. So the blood is important. If you think you're in a spiritual battle, just say the blood of Jesus against you. They don't like the blood. There's power in the blood. You know, my grandma taught me, you know, in him, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. And just as I, I, uh, I said that, I was reminded of the scene in the book of Revelation where no one was worthy to open the seal and the scroll. And everybody was sad in heaven. But an angel said, look, someone is trying from the line of the tribe of Judah and Jesus walked up. He was worthy to open the seal and his scrolls because he gave his life and he rose victorious. Because of him, we have tremendous victory. They overcame him by the blood. You overcome by telling your testimony. You, you realize that when you tell people what God has done for you, it opens the door for somebody else to get free. Now, understand when you give your testimony, you might get a little bit of warfare connected with that. Well, be expecting that. But don't be afraid to tell people what Jesus did for you. You know, one of the very first things I see sometimes with people is when they find healing, they get so excited that even if you told them to be quiet, they still go out and tell ten people. They also overcame in sacrificial living. They loved not their life even so much as to shrink from death. The best way to overcome is to lay down your life for another person. Jesus said, if you love your life, you'll lose it. He said, no greater love is this than a man lay down his life for his friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. So we overcome also by laying down our life in sacrificial living. Those are ways we truly do overcome. So overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and sacrificial living. So that is a great pathway, being an overcomer. You are an overcomer. You know in the book of Revelation, in the first three chapters, it says several times, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, I will give the right to the tree of life. I will give a crown of life. I will do this. I will do that. To him who overcomes. You know what that tells me? They had something to overcome. To him who overcomes. It's, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a battle. But can I tell you a secret? I read the end of the book. We win. He loses. Can I tell you that secret? We win. So he overcame. Why? So we can overcome. Pathway 12, the promise of restoration, Isaiah 35, 3 through 10. Now, I'm not going to read Isaiah 35, 3 through 10 because that's a long scripture. Isaiah 35 is a messianic scripture that speaks of what Messiah would do when he would come. How when Jesus came on the scene or the Messiah came, you would know Messiah is here because rivers would run in the desert, the lame would be healed, the blind would see, the deaf would hear, and the mute would talk. That's what happened when Jesus came. But you know what? God gives you a promise in your today to get you into your tomorrow. You need that promise. And when I read Isaiah 35, here's what I get out of it for you and I. God wants you to know that the barren places of your life will bloom again. There will be life. Jesus wants to bring rivers to those areas of your life that you feel are dry like a desert. God wants you to know that in the areas where you feel weak, weak and lame, that you, he wants to strengthen you so you'll be like a calf relieved from the saw. I don't know if you've ever been on a farm and watched this. It's kind of hilarious. But before we released calf from the stalls, when I grew up, we had to put white strips of cloth on the electric fence. Because when we let them out the door after they been cooped up all winter, they went berserk. 
They were jumping and kicking their heels and not paying any attention to that wheat chopper. But when they saw those white strips of cloth that turned them back into the pasture, they realized they were getting near the electric fence. But you know, you and I are kind of like that. If you've been in bondage and, and, and pain your whole life and you get free, you feel like doing a little dance. You feel like getting excited. You feel like running and hopping and skipping and jumping. You really do feel that way. God wants you to know that's good. Don't let anyone put you down because you're getting excited about your faith. Because, you know, when you get happy and you found healing, there are some people that will get sad and won't like what you've been through. So remember, don't let anyone take what you've received, what God has given you. And you know what? When you finally get free, the Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's like seeing all over again. Wow, I never saw that. Wow, that was amazing. That's what happens in the presence of God. You have those aha moments that change your life forever and empower you to live in victory. That's why this pathway, the promise of restoration, is important. God wants to restore things. Pathway 13, God will make all things new. We're kind of on the same theme. God wants to make all things new. You know what? He just doesn't want to make it new in this life, in the next life. But he wants you, he wants you to know he wants you to have new things right now. There's a scripture I often hear at funerals, and it bugs me because they only read half the scripture. And it makes sense that it's read at funerals because it's very comforting. But I want to read the full scripture for you today found in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9-10. through 10. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no, uh, no human mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And most often in funerals, people stop there. But there's a verse 10. These things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches to all things, even the deep things of God. Do you know that God wants to show you what he has for you? Do you know that's the very thing the enemy don't want you to see? The Bible says without vision, the people perish. Or the NIV says without vision, the people cast off restraint. And God wants to show you good things. He wants you to know now he has good things for you. You know, Joel 2.25a, God says, I will repay you for all the years the locusts have eaten. God has a way of going back into your past and bringing healing to areas that you thought there could never be anything good come out of that. He has the way after he's healed you of pressing the fast forward button, bringing you up into your today as if it never happened. And not only that, he has a way of using that for his glory at the end of it all. You know, there's a scripture, I don't have the reference, but I can quote it. It says, these light and momentary afflictions are working for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. You know, when I'm going through affliction, it's not light and momentary. It's troubling. But what Jesus is saying, what the writer is saying, when you get to heaven and look back, all of a sudden you, it'll look like a light and momentary affliction in compared to eternity. You can relax in the midst of your battle and know that God has great victory for you. Another scripture I like of Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. I love it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. 
The next pathway, I really like this, is the pathway of good ground, Mark 4, 3 through 20. Now, I am not going to read all that scripture about the sower and the seed, but what we say in spiritual care on the good ground pathway is, how much return do you want on your investment of time? If you have come to spiritual care and you've sat through six-hour six sessions, what type of a return do you want? You know, people, when they invest their money in the stock market, they're looking for a return. What are they looking for? They're looking for that to gain some interest and some more money. Well, when you come to spiritual care, what do you want to get out of it? Well, in this particular scripture about the sower and the seed, it says the sower went out to sow the seed. And what happened? Oh, oh, the birds came. Now, I'm a sad bird. I realize that. But so what did the bird come to do? The bird come to snatch the seed. Well, when Jesus interpreted the parable, he said, the bird is the enemy, the seed is the word of God, and the ground is your heart. And there's four types of soil. There's the path, which is very hard, and the seed fell on it, but it couldn't take no root, so it never the bird was easily snatched it away. There is the uh, the soil that was shallow, where the seed fell in, and it took root, and it grew up really quick, and then the sun came out, and then when the heat hit it, it scorched it, it wilted it, and went away. Then there's the 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 the, the seed that fell along the, the side of the road, and it sprung up, but then the thorns and the thistles grew up and choked it out, which represent the cares of this world. And how many times do we see people do good in their walk as long as nothing is happening? Then the care and the tribulation comes up, and they fade away, and they're gone. Well, that's kind of that seed falling along the side of the road. And then there's the good soil where the seed falls into the heart, and it yields 30, 60, and 100-fold return because the seed fell into good soil. Here's what I like to say just about this particular pathway is this. What kind of soil are you and I going to be? Well, that depends on how willing we are to allow that seed to sink in and take root. Are you a good ground, or do you have a stony heart? Wow, there's a thought. <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone, but you can have a hard, stony heart and not really realize it until the Holy Spirit gives you revelation. Just say, Lord, make my heart soft. Let that seed, let your words sink in, and let it bring much life to me. Pathway number 15, sweet, sweet. Psalm 4.8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. But yet I like another scripture on this. It's Proverbs 3.24. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. How great is that? That's great, sweet, sweet. We often say in spiritual care that the last thing you think about going to bed is the first thing you think about getting up. When I go to bed, I try to think about the Lord and try to think about a scripture. And you know what? I say, Lord, take my subconscious mind when I sleep. Lord, let me have spiritual dreams when I go to bed. Let me dream about you. You know, I've, I've had dreams about being in church and the presence of God was in church and a hymn was being sung and it was beautiful and the presence of God was there and I woke up. I'm like, man, why did I wake up? Why don't you let that go on? I was kind of enjoying my dream, you know. God promised us sweet sleep in a lot of people. And I want to say this. If you struggle with sleep, it's an indication of something going on in your soul that God wants to heal you from. Pathway 16, the power of speaking God's word. I love it. Jeremiah 23, 29. Let the prophet who has a dream recount his dream. Let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord? 
Is not my word like a fire? Is not my word like a hammer, declares the Lord, that breaks the rocks in pieces? He says we are to speak his word, and his word has power to do what? Break the rocks. Break the things that are standing in your way. I got pretty excited about that one day, and the Lord led me to Mark 11, 22-26, which, which says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believe that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. And, there, and I wanted to stop there, and the Lord said, read the next verse. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. And if, you, if, and if when you stand praying you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. And I'm like, oh. And God spoke to me at that moment and said, you can speak to your mountain all day long, but if you're walking in unforgiveness, your mountain's not going anywhere. This whole scripture is about speaking to the mountain, telling it to be removed. Now, it doesn't mean a literal mountain. There are things that are standing in our lives that, 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 that are like Goliath, that we need victory over. And God says, if you will speak my word and you will believe what I say and you will walk a life of forgiveness, those mountains will break and those mountains will go away. So remember, the word of God has power. Thank you for joining us today for part four. I pray that God would give you the ability to, look, to uh, uh, remember what you've learned so that you can take it with you wherever you go. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for each and every person listening to this teaching series, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, they would find themselves walking closer with you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.